listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 20th of July. Skyrocketing COVID cases and hospitalisations have seen Australia's Chief Health Officer and Health Minister issue an urgent new warning. Professor Paul Kelly and Mark Butler held a joint news conference late yesterday calling on Australians to wear masks indoors, including in workplaces, and for employers to encourage people to work from home. More than 300,000 Australians have tested positive to COVID in just the last week alone. But experts say the real number is more than double that. Health Minister Mark Butler says hospitalisation rates have also soared. As of today, there are more than 5,200 Australians in hospital with COVID. That number has increased very dramatically over recent weeks. Over the last month or so, it's gone from something under 3,000 to over 5,000. Professor Kelly warning we need to take action now. We're at the start of this wave, not the end. Uh, we know that that is associated with hospitalisations uh, and that what happens in the future really very much depends on what we do today and what we've done in the last two weeks. Um, the increase in vaccination, the increase in, in, in the protections in aged care. But Australia's top doctors say they're worried, stressed and angry over the response so far to the latest COVID wave. Masks are still yet to be made mandatory in many high-risk settings. Instead, they're being encouraged. Australian Medical Association Vice President Dr Chris Moy says our medical professionals have had enough. They remain incredibly worried, tired, exhausted and angry about still the relative disconnect between the forcefulness of the response because they are so worried. They're all, the, they're, the situation in hospitals is that they are already completely full. It follows Victorian schools asking all students and teachers to wear masks in the classroom. Epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely has told Channel 10 it should make a difference. If half the kids do it well and 25% of the kids do it OK and 25% of the kids don't do it very well at all, it will still help bring things down and that's what we're trying to do. But we're about protecting the health service at the moment, so we're doing it with schools. We should also be asking people in workplaces to be wearing masks. Meantime, the COVID vaccine could soon be made available for children as young as six months in Australia. The TGA has given the Moderna paediatric vaccine provisional approval. It still needs to be signed off by ATAGI. Overseas now and in other news, a major incident has been declared in London as a number of fires break out across the city in record-breaking heat. More than 400 firefighters are battling at least nine blazes in London alone as the UK swelters through its hottest day ever on record, hitting over 40 degrees. Assistant Commissioner Jonathan Smith at the London Fire Brigade has told Sky their resources are very stretched. But we would ask that when people are requiring the London Fire Brigade, it is for life-threatening emergencies and fire situations. Our resources are being deployed dynamically across the capital as we speak to bring these incidents under control. And there are new concerns this morning for gas supplies on the east coast of the country. It comes as the Australian market energy operator has been forced to intervene again. It's ordered Queensland to send gas to New South Wales to shore up supplies in Victoria rather than sending it overseas to cash in on soaring world prices. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Tasmania and cold temperatures and icy conditions are wreaking havoc on many roads. Our reporter Rachel Burke has the latest from Hobart. Thanks, Tash. Icy roads are to blame for two crashes in the Central Highlands yesterday, a car colliding with a fully laden log truck at Arthur's Lake, two occupants sustaining non-life-threatening injuries and a young man transported to hospital after rolling his car at Myena. It's prompted urgent warnings from police to take extra caution in these cold conditions with black ice becoming more prevalent. And with overnight lows sitting well below zero degrees in parts of the state, a road weather alert is in place right around Tasmania with more ice expected over the coming days. To Victoria now and more concerning research on the prevalence of vaping, revealing the habit is now spreading through primary schools with some students even vaping in the classroom. James Lake in Melbourne says the study from the George Institute has some concerning findings. The researchers took a snapshot of the nation's primary and secondary schools with 80% saying they were aware of vaping. Educators reported a huge spike in the habit now over the past two years. More than 40% of teachers say vaping has caused a drop in academic performance. A third observed negative mood changes, lower class attendance and increased tardiness. But I think the most alarming thing we have learned, Tash, is of the students known to be vaping, 16% of them say they've been given their e-cigarette by a parent or guardian. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. We already know interest rates are going to increase, but the ANZ has predicted a jump that would really worry a lot of homeowners. Tash, good morning. Yeah, it should shock some people. And frankly, this is what a lot of borrowers are going to have to at least prepare for. We desperately hope it's not true. ANZ now saying they expect a rate increase of half a percent at the next four consecutive RBA meetings. Now, four times a half, that's two, if my maths is correct. Add that to the 1.35 we're already paying at the official cash rate. That takes us to 3.35% in as little as four short months. Now, remembering the banks add their normal 1.5% or 2% margin to that, and the average home loan borrower could be paying maybe close to 5.5% on their mortgage, as I said, in as little as four months. The RBA is saying they're not super concerned about financial stress, but I have to say, I think that might be a bit of an underestimate because I don't know many people who can pay 7 8% more for the food, groceries, fuel and everything else, as well as a massive hit to interest rates. I think... ANZ might be a little bit too bullish on this one. I kind of hope they are. Mm. I think the RBA will probably slow it down a little bit, but this is a big, big wake-up call if you're a borrower. Please make sure you can afford higher repayments if they come. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying. Talking about the RBA, Scott, very interesting to note that they have been heavily criticised, saying they got it wrong with moving rates. They went too slow and now they're increasing too quickly. And now it's been announced there will be an investigation into the RBA. Yeah, a review of the uh, the central bank is probably an important step here. I mean, the, the key, as you say, it's, it's very, very hard to escape the reality of we saw inflation. Uh, firstly, I think they, they put rates too low for too long. So the first thing was they started from the wrong position and then they were just absolutely caught napping. Um, they believed, frankly, again, they weren't on their Pat Malone. Central banks around the world said, no, 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 inflation's transitory. It'll go away. It won't possibly get anywhere near as high as 8%. A few short months later, of course, it did exactly that. If the RBA has any extra culpability here, I think it is the fact that they saw it happen in Europe, they saw it happen in the US and still sat in their hands and said, no, 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 it's a foreign issue. It's not our issue. It'll be fine. Again, a few short months later, now they find themselves playing catch up. And this is the real risk, I think, to, to the economy is no one knows how far, how quickly 
rates need to continue rising, and we just talked about that, but if the RBA keeps getting it wrong, there is a real question as to what was going on. Famously, about 18 months ago or so, maybe maybe a little bit longer, they changed their approach. They said, we're no longer going to look forward. We're going to wait for the data to arrive. That was a policy change they made. I think they've absolutely been hoist with their own petard this time around because by doing that, they simply said, hey, we'll wait for inflation to arrive. And when it did, they went, oops, now we've got to do something about it. I think that was a mistake at the time. I think in hindsight, very clearly, it's been a mistake. Uh, what the review finds is an open question, but I think that should be front and centre of the review they do. Yeah, absolutely. And the amount of super you need to retire is one of the big questions for many people, Scott, and the numbers have fallen. This is really interesting. This is fascinating. And this, I, I mean, like it, it genuinely is a how long is a piece of string question, which sounds strange. You think, well, hang on, it's real money and I'm going to retire. And I'm like, Sorry, someone please tell me. The numbers range from so I've seen anywhere between 88000 and more than a million dollars in superannuation. Now, that's a very good speaking of Reserve Bank getting it wrong. If the number can be somewhere in a range of, you know, a, a 10 times uh, the, the lower number to, to retire. Now, look, it does depend if you're married, if you're single, or if you're a couple or you're single. It matters, of course, whether you've paid off your home, whether you're paying rent, a whole lot of things. And of course, simply what standard of living you want in retirement. Um, as I said, the new numbers out there are as little as $88,000. Others still saying $540,000, $880,000. Uh, the numbers are really, really broad. I think the reminder here is it does depend on your personal circumstances, whether or not you've got those bills still to pay or whether you're living in your own home. But it's worth saying a third of people now that are in that 55 to 64-year age bracket still have a mortgage. Oh, that's up from 16% not too long ago, for a few years ago now, but in relatively recent memory. That is the big swing factor for most people. House prices are going up. We know that. Mortgages are getting longer. We know that as well. And so there is a key question about how much you need very, very much depends on your personal circumstances and the expectations of what you want in retirement. Yeah, and also the skyrocketing cost of living is a big issue. Well, that's the thing, right? So $88,000 today, you add an inflation of 5 or 6 or 7% for two or three years in a row, you know, things continue to go up. You're not going to get those returns in cash. You might possibly get that sort of return in shares most years if you want to just, and that's just to keep yourself level. That's not even to make money on top of that. So uh, look, I think the best advice is as much as you can in super is always probably the best advice up to a certain amount. Of course, if you've got a few million dollars, you're not going to ask me for advice. So, <laughs> uh, but, but realistically, you know, you want to have more than enough because, you know, if you've got a few extra dollars and you don't need them, that's great. If you need those extra few dollars and you haven't got them, that can be painful. We're in our mid-20s. Retirement's a long time away, Scott. <laughs> You're only at it, not you, Tosh? You have a great day. You too, Tom, mate. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. There are two NRL coaches certainly under the pump leading into round 19. Yes, good morning, Tash. Let's start with Brad Arthur at uh, Parramatta and reports that his management had shopped him around to some rival clubs. He's hosed down those suggestions. The under-fire coach attempting to clear the air, saying he doesn't know where the rumours have come from. Yeah, I was surprised. I don't know anything about it. So we come up here to have a camp and get, got that call yesterday. So, yeah, don't know anything about it. I'm contracted for till 24. Live seven minutes from training, so why do I want to go anywhere? Yeah, the Eels face the Broncos tomorrow night in a season-defining clash at St George, Josh Maguire is adamant that Anthony Griffin is the right man for the job. The Dragons forward is one of the Queenslanders the coach is accused of showing favouritism to. Maguire says Griffin is a quality mentor for the group. His honesty, I think, is the, probably the, the biggest thing. You know, with the group that we've got, we've got a, a lot of young guys that are probably, you know, learning the ropes as we come through. And the Dragons also have a big game to prepare for Friday night against Manly. 
And the AFL Bred has issued a warning to players deliberately trying to draw free kicks. Yeah, this has popped up after uh, over the last uh, few weeks. Players trying to duck or shrug their way into tackles to draw high contact. The AFL is cracking down on that. Here is uh, League Chief Gillan McLaughlin. It's the same rule clarified. If you contribute to the high contact with your duck or raise your arms or drop your knees, then, and if you have had prior and you tackled like that, it's holding the ball. Yeah, not something we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the Battle of the Brothers in Sydney tonight in Boxing Brett. Yeah, Nikita Zhu against uh, Ben Horn. Nikita is a star on the rise. He's had just the two fights, but he's got dynamite in those two fists. The younger brother of Tim will be ringside tonight. Yeah, I'll be in the corner. It's always nerve-wracking, but I think I'll be a bit more relaxed. I guess I'm a bit more confident with this one. And expect uh, Nikita to get the job done tonight. So that's your pick? Yeah, I'm going for Nikita Zhu. Good on you. Thanks so much, Brett. You have a great day. You too. Thank you, Tash. And Aussie superstar Sam Kerr has made history, becoming the first female to grace the cover of an international FIFA video game. The Chelsea striker was unveiled as one half of the FIFA 23 cover alongside World Cup French star Kylian Mbappe. Kerr's had an incredible two and a half years in London, including being named the Super League's Player of the Season for 2021-22. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.